Yes, it's me, Mike Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. It's the fastest, it's the friendliest, and it's for all the family. The Gas Shocks 116 Trophy and 120 Coupe Cup are the fastest growing race series in the UK, taking in six one-hour races and eight sprints at all the top circuits. Visit 116trophy.com to find out more and get yourself behind the wheel. From a pot of tea to TT motorbikes. From a classic English breakfast to a full serving of classic cars. Bridge House Tea Rooms is the Northwest Premier Classic Car Meeting location for cars, bikes, tractors, and owners clubs. So no matter what your automotive appetite might be, visit Bridge House Farm Tea Rooms on their Facebook page or call John and Alicia on 07980-444-221 for show details and to reserve your own table and parking space. I'd like to welcome back to the Backseat Driver something of a regular now. He's a well-known used car dealer and new car dealer should you be so inclined a well-known thespian the one the only mr neil hoyer who today is going to tell us about the somewhat deplorable state of the uh, car dealerships neil welcome to the backseat driver again how you doing mark now before we get on to the cars we've got to mention you're up for an award an acting award are you not dear boy oh stop it you're gonna make me blush are you like doing this yeah i'm to the crest of court next week in Altrincham. actually a week today for an award best comedy character as a car salesman no that, i would have won more awards than anson deck doing that no um for my portrayal of Colonel Charles Craddock. Uh, Smithy boy. Proper chap. Which is unusual since you're actually from Naples. You are a proper genuine Italian type chap, aren't you? I'm proper confused. Neapolitan with a mank accent who yeah. can do Terry <laughs> Thomas. What more can you ask for? <laughs> How is the acting going? It's all right. It's, it's pick and choose at the moment and, yes. and audition to... What was the famous phrase? Between engagements. Yes. This year I've done, obviously, Murder to Death. Last month we did Calendar Girls, which... Yeah. Uh, you were never one of them, shoot. No, I didn't get them out. <laughs> <laughs> no, Calendar Girls. I played Rod, Chrissy Harper's husband. Yeah. So it was only a small part, really. Yeah, the audience said that. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I, I learnt a lot in that show. It's... Uh, it's not so much the calendar, it's the way the women were and the social yeah. issues and problems that they had. It was a proper eye-opener, I really enjoyed it. And I'm doing Panto at the end of this year. All these shows are at Bake Up Royal Court Theatre. Are you an ugly sister? No, no, I'm... You surprised me. You don't want to be typecast so no. quickly in your career, do you? Um, I'm going to say, how often do you wear ladies' clothes? <laughs> Only at weekends when they call me Michelle. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle, if you're listening. Uh, we'll get closed out because of this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're doing Dick Whittington yeah. uh, in January. Again, at Baycup Royal Court Theatre. Proper old-fashioned, oldie-worldie theatre. It's mm. a lot of fun. If you ever get a chance to come and watch a show, 
amazing. So there's a case of each behind you and all the rest. Oh, of absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, last year we did Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. And I got typecast as a Caribbean tree <laughs> with a Jarvis Cocker wig, doing a da- Jarvis Cocker dance. Yeah. And. It's for the one part that I'll be remembered for. Yeah. Even if I became professional, I can't get away from it. <laughs> this year, playing one of the one of Queen Rats yeah. henchmen, right? Onion. So. And there's every chance if it goes ahead, you could be playing Arkwright in open all hours. Fingers crossed. <laughs> it is scheduled next year for September. We we've got a special license from Roy Clark and his agents. Yeah to perform open all hours next September. So I think it's the 26th, 27th, 28th of September. Yeah. Three nights, that'll sell. Um, I suppose it's appropriate in a way, selling dodgy tackle, because you sell cars for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just get my solicitor on quick now. (laughs) How it last time we were on, we were talking about well, it's not the demise of the electric car, but a lot of manufacturers are waking up to the fact that though this was a political move, they ain't selling, are they? No, no. I mean, you, you speak, you, you read the press and stuff like that, and they'll put it down to semiconductor issues, component issues, and stuff like that. Yeah. When in reality, why would you buy an why would you buy an electric car? You, you've no more incentives anymore. No. All right. There's the zero emissions. But most of them are over the £40,000 P11D value. There's no emissions as such when it's finished, but there's a lot of them before they make it. And when it goes as well. So your zero emissions, where it would be zero road taxes, out of the window now. Regardless of how much you pay for the car, be it new, pre-registered, anything like that, they work it off the P11D value, which is if you're taking a company car out, what the government would tax you on. Yeah. So now, even though it's zero road tax, the majority of cars have got a P11D value of over £40,000. Yeah. So you're paying £335 a year Yeah. for years two to six for the road tax. And I think the cheapest electric car, if I'm not mistaken, unless you look at the little Citroen ME, which is actually a cycle car, so it's not a car no. as such. I think they're about seven or eight grand. After that, you're into like £20,000 minimum. Yeah. The ranges, they keep saying on the adverts, chilly adverts, oh, it'll do up to 280 miles. The up to lets them off the leash, the fact that it won't do anywhere near. They're all covered with WLPT, aren't they, which is basically real-time running. Yeah. But where do they run the vehicles? It always used to be the thing about petrol and diesel cars. It'll do this MPG. It will on a rolling road. No, they used to do it on a rolling road rolling with road. no wind resistance. Yes. So that that's where WLPT came in because they ran them in real time. Yeah. But where do they run them? Yeah. Nobody tells you that, do they? No. They could run them in Amsterdam where it's perfectly flat. Yeah. But if you go, not being funny, if you go into Yorkshire Dales or somewhere like that or the Alps, there's a lot of ups and downs, isn't there? There is. It's great for your uh, smart braking when you're going downhill but yeah other than that you put the air conditioning on you put wipers on and stuff like that your range comes down dramatically um, winter time you put the heating on yeah there's a lot of pros and cons there's more cons and pros in my opinion and we're also saying that mercedes-benz have worked out it takes them on average 85 days to sell an electric car we're talking about this before we went on air yeah. and you were saying that's not bad 85 days isn't bad. If they said 
we can guarantee that we'd sell a car in 85 days. Yeah. That's not bad because most dealerships work on... When you see a car on a forecourt, they don't own those cars. They, it, do you mean... It's called... Do you mean... You and use... All right. They, they use what's called a stock implant. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if you've got 200 cars and you, you did £10,000 a car, it's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Quite a lot of your working capital. capital. Yeah. So what they do is they take out a mini overdraft on each vehicle. Right. And they work on a 90-day cycle. Yeah. Okay. So for the, they, they might pay a uh, base rate and no interest for the first 30 days. Yeah. And then 30 to 60 days, they might pay 0.1% interest. Right. But then when you get 60 to 90 days, it's going up. When you get over 90 days, that's when they get spanked by the finance yeah. companies and stuff yeah. like that. Um, Which is why a lot of dealers will start to discount and to get shut of them, won't they? Well, they used to, but now a lot of dealers, they're, they're part of a big group, aren't they? Yeah. So what What a lot of them... So I don't think any little sole traders exist. There's not many. There's not many. There, there will be out. I mean, I worked for one. All right, we don't have the dealership anymore, but we've got the contract tire side out of it, yeah. the court vehicle contracts. But it's very hard. When you've got a company that's got 50, 60 dealerships... Yeah. Some companies have got a couple of hundred. I'm not going to name them for obvious reasons. They can switch the stock about. Yeah. So you can fudge the figures, can't you? Yeah. But if if you said to me, I can guarantee... Well, I suppose the other thing is if they discover Model A in red sells better at Daily B than it does at Dealer A, they can shuffle them about so the car that appeals and sells well will be in a location where it will sell. There's a bit of that, but... A lot of it is marketing and stuff like that, yeah. and desirability of the vehicle. Yeah. All right. For example, if you sell a car on a particular platform, yeah. Okay. When you, it'll allow you to value it on yeah. the dealer side, and it'll give you a percentage of what the desirability is of that car. Yeah. So ideally, what you'd want is something that's sixty percent upwards, and you've got half a chance of selling it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and they can predict how long these cars will take to sell because obviously they've. People are advertising and showing them as sold and stuff like that. Yeah. So they have a, an algorithm that works it out. But if someone said to me, I can guarantee that specific electric car I will sell within 85 days, yeah. I wouldn't believe them. I wouldn't believe them. Because there's lots of things you can do. They can take them off a specific platform yeah. or other platforms and not advertise them for a couple of weeks. Yeah. They can move them. Because a lot of the dealerships now are all autonomous. So although it's one, it's under a parent company. Yeah, they're autonomous, so they're all like each little dealerships. So if one of them's hemorrhaging money, yeah. you can close that down. It doesn't affect the other right. 199 dealerships. Yeah. with me. So they can move the stock about. They can take them off the selling platforms, not advertise them for a couple of weeks, and yeah. put them back on. And it appears like it's a new car. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there, there was one platform that used to work off the the back of another one. Yeah. And if you're in the trade, it'll tell you how many days that vehicle was up for sale. Yeah. And they then use that as a marketing tool. So they'd show it. So car, the Ford Anglia, had been up for sale for 225 days. Yeah. So then the customers would start walking in and saying, well, you've had that for near enough a year. Can yeah. we discount the car? Yeah. It doesn't work like that because they have things like write-down and stuff like that. They make sure that the vehicle is priced right. Yeah. And they've covered lots of depreciation and stuff like that. And the important thing to hear is it's an average, okay? So they might have one car for a couple of hundred days. They might have one car for 15 days. Yeah. You mess it up, you mix the numbers up like that and you can come up with an average. So 85 days sounds yeah. great. It's a 40, 50,000 pounds, 60,000 pounds second-hand electric car. Yeah. Sounds great. 
but it's an average. <laughs> and it's the little terminations that you got yeah. to, that you got to look out for and to understand where they're coming from. Now, the reason I invited you back on, since you're the backseat driver's resident core expert when it comes to buying and selling them, etc., is the dealership as we know them, and it was probably triggered by the three and a half years of what I call rank stupidity, is, shall we say, the end is possibly nigh for the traditional car dealership. The way they function, because you, just you're talking you, about new cars, aren't you now? New car, because yeah. there's all this online stuff and yeah. car wow and cinch and everything else. Right. Well, particular, how do I say this without upsetting anybody? So certain companies will offer massive discounts. Yeah. And the way they work, they're, they're basically just a ma they're just a marketing company. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll sign up loads of dealerships and or brands and stuff like that, and it's a marketing company. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of these, shall we say, multi chain dealers will sell nearly every make of corn won't they every brand of core they, 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 they they'll have most of them yeah multi-franchise yeah so they, they'll i worked the, the last one that i worked for again i'm not going to name them they they probably had being an italian sort of chap you specialize in selling fiat and alfa romeos didn't you and I a mean, bath and stuff like and that yeah, and yeah. you sold it not being funny you sold italian car as well because there's one thing i know that you know you know your italian cars it's like anything else, isn't it? Some people buy for the badge, don't they? Yeah. Some people buy for the history of the vehicle and stuff yeah. like that. And a lot of brands have got a lot of history. Mm. I mean, you're into your French cars, aren't you? I like you know, French cars, but as, you know, it, as it is, I drive a Fiat Panda, which is Italian, yeah. and I drive a Morgan, yeah. which, daft as it sounds, isn't that an Italian? It's an Italian-owned company, yeah. but technically it's as British as you can get. You're buying it for the history, aren't you? I bought the Morgan for its history, for yeah. what it looks like and everything else. I bought the Fiat Panda 4 before because I know them well, yeah. and they're just great little cars. Although, as we speak, mine's blotted its copybook, and it's in the garage, it's in the workshop. But on, in the main, I've always liked Fiat's because they just sing. Yeah. Italians like their cars, no matter how tidy they are, to go like an F1 car. If you ask a kid in Italy what he wants to grow up to drive, he'll never say a bus. No. Nope. <laughs> never ever say a bus or a lorry. He'll always say Ferrari and Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Even Fiat. I mean, some of the Fiat's from years ago, the history behind them is... It's like the famous, what they called the Otto Vu with the V8. Yeah. I mean, Fiat has incredible history, style, design... And competition. They yeah. were fantastic cars. And, of course, Fiat own, technically, Alfa Romeo, but they did. They own Ferrari. They own Jeep. They own all sorts of things. Now they're all part of this unwieldy setup called Stellantis. Yeah, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that as it is. Yeah. But what's happening to the car dealerships? Because now well, the manufacturers are having more say in how much the customer has to pay and... There could well be no discount. That's what it is. That's what it costs. Pete, a goal. That's exactly what's happened because a lot of franchises now aren't franchises anymore. Basically, yeah. the, the handling agents, essentially, whereas before you'd have set discounts. So they'd say, this, you might have 30% discount in a vehicle. Yeah. And <laughs> what they'd do is they'd break it down. So at point of sale, your salesman at the front line, you'd have 3% or 5% to work with the basic price, yeah. not the whole car, the basic price. Because the favourite uh, thing used to be pay that 
and we'll throw in a sit up flap some oh, and the old, Yeah, the old car buyer's emotional <laughs> blackmail. Yeah, been there, done that. But yeah, so then they break it up. So service, you get an extra 1% if you hit your targets for servicing. Yeah. And if you follow up the customers, like when you're sending an inquiry and you yeah. put do not contact and they contact you anyway, yeah. they get they used to get paid for doing that in, yeah. in bonuses and stuff like that. The other thing they used to do what, after you have your car in about 18 months, two years, you get a call, do you want to trade it in? That's a dealership. That's that's a car salesman thing. And I'm not going to lie, I used to, when I was in a dealership, I used to sit as close as possible to the service desk. Yeah. Nobody wanted that desk. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. Yeah. And they always think I was mad. Yeah. And the other thing I used to do was I used to walk around every day and look at what cars were in for servicing. And amazingly, if there was something there that was coming up to, that was at its MOT and needed an MOT, yeah. as a salesman, I'd be ringing people up saying, listen, I've got somebody who wants to buy your car. Yeah, and I can do your right proper deal yeah. on a new version of it. On a new version and probably save you the cost of your service. Or I didn't, but that's what you do. That's yeah. what you, because otherwise it's just stagnant. And the other reason I used to sit near the um, service desk was because all the screamers always came from another garage. All right. It's very rare because we used to look after our customers. Yeah. You, you got the odd one that was a little bit nah, but mm. anyone that really used to scream used to come from another deal, branded dealer. So yeah. you, you might have someone selling the same make of car as yours, but they'd take it to a different service department because yeah. they'd had enough of that one. Yeah. And they'd scream and something. I used to sell loads of cars doing that. <laughs> Because they weren't looked after, they weren't spoken to, nobody yeah. cared. I, I'd look after them. And it's not just the one car I'd sell to them. They, they never said, sell me a car, they'd buy a car off me. If anyone, yeah. you ask someone whether they bought a car, where did you get your car from? If they say, they sold me the car out, mm. they're not a happy customer. Yeah. If they say, I bought the car from, or yeah. they are because they, they... So that's how it works. So the, the, there's, then there's different discounts, you get target bonuses overall numbers of units that you've sold and things like that. So it's all performance related. Yeah. But the majority of it went into the dealership. So the, yeah. the poor salesman at the front didn't really earn that much money on a new yeah. car, believe it or not. But now it's changing because what's happening is they're, they're getting a handling fee. So essentially the manufacturer will say, well, we want you to sell 60 cars this quarter yeah. and you're going to get £1,000 per car. Yeah. So you take the VAT out of it, it's £833, yeah. take all the costs. So they, they, they're basically cutting out the discounted guide, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. Not everybody's <clears throat> there now, but a lot of the big brands are there. Yeah. And the other thing is as well, because of what's happened in your, as you say, period of stupidity, yeah. they've realised that they don't have to build as many cars, Yeah. Okay. make more money out of the cars that they are building. Yeah. They can control the market, and they can keep putting them up, keep putting them up. Yeah. One of my colleagues where I worked during that pandemic period sold a particular brand of van. Mm. Right. Now, bear in mind, they didn't turn a spanner for the best part of, we'll say, 12 months. Yeah. That particular van went up in price by about £5,000 plus VAT. Yeah. Right? Constantly. Yeah. And they can do that because... The, With supply and demand, really. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Um, so that, that's what they're doing. So the, 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 there's very few that are going to be franchise-driven. Yeah. All right. So and, in many and, ways, a dealership will just become a brand representative. They well, that's what they are now, but yeah. they, they won't have the benefit. They, they can't distress the market. Yeah. So, say, 500, five, so, six years ago, 
yeah. you'd have a certain amount of money, uh, and it was up to them how they did it and yeah. how they financed it. Brand new Frontline had to go through the manufacturer's warrant finance, yeah. unless the person wasn't strong enough to go with it, and then obviously it went down the pecking order. Yeah. So now they can control all that. Yeah. The other thing is as well, if you've noticed, cars are going up at a rate of knots. Yes. They're becoming unaffordable. Yeah. PCPs with interest rates and stuff like that. Mm. I'm just wondering, you see the television adverts for a car, and in the very, very little writing at the bottom, you see the interest rates, and you think, you've got to be puddled if you yeah. think I'm going to pay that interest rate. That's right. There's one massive car company, which is part of a German group. Yeah. And they're doing a peak, they're advertising a personal contract plan, mm. brand new car, 11.4% APR. Yeah. People used to cry at 6.9%. Yeah. So... They're not, they might give you a little bit of money, a deposit contribution towards it. Yeah. But that all comes out of one place. So you're not really getting your donation, or you? It's just being... It's like interest-free credit. Yeah. The worst way to buy a car is interest-free. Yeah. It's the old saying, figures can't lie, but liars can figure. That's it. <laughs> the best way to buy a car, and it's getting tougher and tougher, is to negotiate the biggest discount possible. Yeah. And if it entails taking out the finance... Yeah. And take it out, but get as much discount as you can on the car. Yeah. And if you're a cash buyer, settle it off within 14 days. Yeah. Or settle it off as quickly as you can because yeah. you get a rebate of the interest. But if you do that on 0%, yeah. guess what? There's no interest to rebate. You, you see where I'm coming yeah. from? And people are blinded by APRs and stuff like that. Now, if you can get the discount and it is finance attached, then set the finance. Yeah. Because if it's higher purchase, you'll have a 14 day cooling off period. Doesn't mean you can have the car back. Yeah just means you've found an alternative method of paying for the vehicle. And in that 14 days, they'll say we've got 30 days to settle it off, but yeah. you, you might pay £2.25 a day interest for the 30 days. Yeah. But if you're going to settle it off, if you're going to do that anyway, you'll have your debit card in your hand. Yeah. So the most you'll pay is whatever they say yeah. over three or four days. And how is this affecting lease and contracts well, and everything else? Because there's a lot of people. We used to do it. Yeah. But after the lockdown, all our cars are now... Phenomenally cars. expensive, yeah. My cars are my cars. I don't yeah. owe any money on them. Oh. So I'm a nightmare for somebody selling cars, aren't I? Not really, you know. Because the other thing is I've no intentions of changing any of them at no. the moment. It, it, listen, the biggest part... Which all... is upsetting, Neil, because the last one I got, my pounder, I got off Neil. Yeah, <laughs> and you got a proper discount on that as yes. well. Yes. In fact, just after I bought it, I was passing a used car lot and they had a two-year-old... Fiat Panda Cross 4 before like mine, and they wanted £2,000 more than I paid for a new one. That's right. Yes. It's all about the people that you speak to. But with regards, as I was saying, cars are getting more... By the way, he's still crying about that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, you'll have me setting off again. But cars are becoming more and more unaffordable. Yeah. And the only way that they're going to put, basically, the, the government wants you to use public transport anyway. Yeah, drivers and car owners being purposely priced off the road. Absolutely. But the only way you're going to be able to, in inverted brackets, afford a car is to lease it. Yeah. Which what which is what manufacturers want because they'll have their own finance companies yeah. for the lease. You don't own the car. Basically, what you're doing is you're running a car for a lease company. They say there's no depreciation, but you've got nothing at the end of it unless no. you get another car. Yeah. And amazingly, those offers that were there three, two, three, four years ago... Have vanished. Have vanished. Yeah. So you, you're three months at... £150 yeah. is now three months at £400. Yeah, you know. because I'm not being funny once again. You look at the adverts and it's X, and the amount you pay per month now is frightening compared and to. And their starting points. Yeah. Their starting points. 
it's very rare you get the deal that gets offered. Yeah, because you might want seats in it. <laughs> I, when I was doing in a particular Italian brand, we, we had a competitor and they used to sell a, a particular car mm. at 4995 interest-free Yeah, to get you into the showroom. Yeah. If you sold that car for 4995 interest-free, yeah. you got sacked. And this was a brand-new car. All the wheel trims were taken off. The partial shelf was taken out. Every panel was battered. Yeah. That's what you got for your 4995. Right. You, you just got you got something that looked like a car type Yeah, thing. You, which you would never buy anywhere. Yeah. Right. But with leasing, what happens is, because a lot of them are tied to their own finance houses, you've got to hand the car back anyway. Yeah. If you hand back a nail, you get charged the fortune for putting it right. Yeah. Which most of the time they don't do anyway, mm. so they just take the money. Yeah. But if it's right, someone who looks after a car like you or me, yeah. they've got a second and a third opportunity yeah. of leasing that car out. Usually two lots, depending on the vehicle. Yeah. They might do three lots. So they eventually they'll take control of the used car market as well. Yeah. In many ways, it isn't good for the buyer. None of this is good for the buyer. Not at the moment, no. No, it's all geared up one way, and yeah. that's to the manufacturers. Yeah. And where do you go? Who do you complain to? Yeah. You, you can't, can you? No. And really what they're doing, in my opinion, and it's only an opinion, yeah. is they're creating a monopoly. Yeah. That's what they're doing. But it's like a global monopoly or a universal one because yeah. all the manufacturers are doing it. Yeah, they're all getting that way. And like yeah. I said, so you, your traditional franchises are getting fewer and fewer, Yeah. but a lot of them now are all handling agents. So yeah. basically they, they're, they're selling on behalf of a particular brand. Yeah. They've got a set amount. They can't. They, they might have particular discounts for different sort of groups. So if you like, if you work for the NHS, they, they might have what we used to call an affinity deal. Yeah. Or if you work for the manufacturer, an employee deal and stuff like that. But again, it won't be like. The I discounts. can always remember dealing with somebody who worked for Mercedes Benz, and the discounts they used to get. Mercedes used to offer their employees. I asked him because yeah, no, no disrespect to him, yeah just an ordinary office job and sat outside he had a 420 sl yeah. a car technically well beyond his means but because of the discounts mercedes benz offered their employees he had this beautiful sl sat outside now again i know if you work in a mercedes dealership you don't get a company car you lease the car and the idea of that is you don't pay yeah company car tax because you're leasing it yeah or renting it which whatever they want to call it yeah but they've also got low mileage cars that can put Again, on the forecourt, yeah, or redo a lease and stuff. Because like technically, that. the car that the salesman has will be redone, yeah, very soon. So, as you said, it'll be a low, very low mileage second-hand car on a forecourt, yeah. which that's, is more tempting. That's it. So that's how it's. Yeah. So they, they will end up. They're doing it now. Yeah. So people that sell cars by broker, brokers, uh, and we're affected by yeah. it as well. <clears throat> well, less and less to sell because the discounts aren't there. Yeah. And it's all geared up for getting people back into the showrooms. Yeah. So just at the moment, what is selling? What are people wanting to buy? Particular brand, a particular model, a particular type of car? At the, at the moment, we, we do quite well, and I know you don't like this, with the particular SUVs. Yeah. Self-charging. Yeah. Self-charging SUVs. I mean, because um, they're full electric. We, the discount, the, I don't know anybody other than company car drivers that want full electric. Yeah. Are you with me? I've noticed that Multability now, because they've got a massive database. Yeah. They're pushing electric cars and plug-in hybrid and stuff like yeah. that. At one time, they, they capped the deposit. Yeah. 
I think it was a maximum of £3,500. But now, again, because it's a lease, you're putting £7,000, £8,000 into a car that you're yeah. not going to own. Yeah. All right, it's, it's for a great cause. It's for people to go to hospital or to whatever it is. Yeah. But again, the, the, that's the route they're going. Yeah. Because it's an open market to yeah. them and it's part of the DWP. So if they're saying, listen, we need to get more electric cars on the road, yeah. what do you do? You make it virtually impossible to get a petrol or a diesel car on there. Yeah. And you push the electric plug-in. For me, I know you're going to cringe, I like self-charging hybrids. I like them. I actually don't mind them, the self-charging. The ones that you don't have to do anything with, apart yeah. from bung a bit of petrol into it. Yeah. So they're great. I've driven one or two of them. They're actually all right. Yeah. Even though they do have a bit of combusting. Well, it's not so much the self-charging, it's the plug-in ones, isn't yeah. it, with the lithium batteries, because you only need one cell to... Yeah. Years ago, there used to be an advert for British Coal. Come on to a real fire. Now it's come on to a real fire by an AV. Political, <laughs> that, um, a bit political. Think yourself, I mean, what make and model of car is selling at the moment? What, because you now, doing what you do, sell or lease any make and any model. What if Fort ringing you up for we're leasing a lot of uh, Toyota. Yeah. Toyota, uh, Yaris City Cross. Yeah. People love the Hyundai Tucson. An amazing car. Yeah. Proper bit of kit. So, it's, but you, you speak to different companies and it depends where which leasing company they deal with. And I mean, I know it's all about thing, discounts at the end of the yeah. day. And the other discounts. thing is, it's regional. Into a car that sells well up here in the north of England might not sell well down south. A different make and model. Yeah, or up in Inverness because yeah. I need four wheel drive. So, it. it it is quite regional, and it's a lot of people buy cars with features that they're never going to use. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> true. Four-wheel drive Range Rovers, when are you ever going to take it off-road? I mean, there will be people that will take it off-road, yeah. and there will be people that live down really bad country lanes and yeah. stuff like that. But there's also a thing called soft-roading, yeah. where two-wheel car drive cars with limited slip diffs yeah. do exactly the same job. Yeah. But you take that you know, two-wheel drive limited diff car up to Inverness, where, yeah. you know, it's, it's not going to... It's useless. Yeah. I've been in certain parts at Yorkshire Dales in Little Villages, where in wintertime, if it's bad, a 4 before is no use. Yeah. You want a quad. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that's going to get yeah. you around the place. Or a horse. Yeah, so a lot of it is regional. A lot of it is specific needs. Yeah. Family sizes and stuff like yeah. that. When do you, in your own way, world... Estimate the car dealership as we know it will cease to exist. The ships will always be there because they need an outlet. Yeah. But having said that, more and more people are buying the cars off a computer screen, aren't they? Yeah. But there will always be people. They'll always need test drive centres. Yeah. All right, you buy a car. A brand, I would never ever buy a second-hand car. Without seeing it. Without seeing In it. In fact, the motor and ombudsman have said, if you're buying a car, especially a used one, Go and have a look at it, yeah. please, and test drive it. Yeah, it's great having distance selling laws and stuff like that. Yeah. But the problem is you buy something, it's not right. Yeah. You're back at, you're back at the start, aren't you? You've got to start looking for another car. Yeah. You've got to get the money back. You've got It's it's hard work. So there'll always be people that will want to look at cars, touch yeah. it, feel it, sit in it, drive it. And that if it was a used car, I'd want to do that. New cars are slightly different because they they're off the peg, aren't they? Yeah. So they're brand new car, so you've got three, five, seven years warranty. Yeah. It's it's a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah. But I, I would never, ever buy a car online. I know it's more convenient and they deliver it and it looks great, but you want to see it. Yeah. You know, you, you want to see it and feel it and touch it. 
Neil Hoyer, thank you very much for returning to the backseat driving. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. I hope all goes well with your award for your Terry Thomas impersonations and you're potentially becoming Arkwright. You know, well, all let's, hours. let's not curse it. It's, it's a long way to go and there'll be other people that'll be going for it as well. But for now, <laughs> I'd like to think I had a good shot at it. <laughs> and since you're in Panto, before we go, it's behind you. Oh, no, it isn't. Me a lawyer. Thanks very much for joining me once again on the Backseat Driver. Thank you for having me. The Backseat Driver podcast is brought to you in association with Tim Nash and the Lombard Rally Festival, the UK's premier classic rally demonstrations. From the awesome Group B cars to cars from the golden era of rallying, go to the Lombard Rally Bath social media for dates and venues. Rarely beaten on price, never beaten on service. Whether it's cars, bikes or commercials, Hoddy Tyres are the best in the business. And when it comes to tyre expertise and advice to supplying the correct tyres for your vehicle's specific requirements, nobody comes close to David Lakin and the Hoddy Tyres team. So give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytyres.co.uk. Thank you.